0: Hello and welcome to Everything's Alright, a bi-monthly podcast for authors and writers with tips, tricks, and challenges to level up your writing skills. I am A.S. Lewis, your host, guide, and guru for all things word-related. I'm a published science fiction and fantasy author, a published non-fiction author, and a fan fiction enthusiast, which means I'm also a really big nerd. For the past several years, I've been writing everything from multi-million dollar grant proposals, to sci-fi novels, to ghostwriting for national leaders and politicians, to spoken word poetry, and anything and, well, everything in between. And I'm here to help you improve your writing, no matter what type of writing that is. And who doesn't want to get better? So let's get right to it. <music> Hello again! I'm your host, A.S. Lewis, author of Cries of the Chosen, first in the Team G series. That's Team G, the top secret espionage assault missions group. Wow, now isn't that a mouthful? It was such a cool acronym when I first created it. Anywho, this is episode one of Everything's Alright, a podcast for writers looking to practice, sharpen, and expand their skills. Today's topic of discussion is... it's written all over your face otherwise known as show don't tell if you've ever written anything remotely like fiction or following a story then you've likely heard the admonishment to show don't tell so what is show don't tell and what does it really mean well Show-Don't-Tell is a writing technique which encourages writers to relay a character's emotions through sensory description rather than blunt affirmations. The reasoning behind the technique is rooted in the belief that it is more immersive and rewarding for readers if they remain in the moment with the character. Now, I'm going to use a quote here, and it's an overused quote, but it's also so very good at making its point that, you know, it kind of makes the rounds. Anyway, I'm going to use it. Anton Chekhov is attributed with saying, Don't tell me the moon is shining. Show me the glint of light on broken glass. Wasn't that gorgeous? But what did dear old Anton mean by that? Well... Let's look at an example. Hundreds of swimmers are killed during high tide in the sapphire pools of Innit Cell 6. The sparkling azure waters twinkle and pulse like a living liquid blanket of a thousand stars, suspended in a velvety, warm medium that caresses the skin, leaving trails of pleasant tingles in its wake. But the beautiful waters hold a deadly secret in their cerulean depths. The firefly lights that make the waves dance in dazzling brilliance are also the same non-sentient beings that quietly condemn star-dazed swimmers to a watery tomb. It is the delightful buzzing, tingling sensations that kill them. The excited sparks gliding across the skin that conceals the paralyzing venom of a trillion tiny bites. Legs, arms, and other appendages begin to slow, churning sluggishly through the water, And it is then the swimmer realizes that something is wrong but of course by then it's often too late the toxin dulls the lungs silences the heart and in a haze of confusion the once joyous swimmer slips beneath the rolling crystal surface with an expression of grim bewilderment because though the swimmer understands that air is needed that it is an immediate requirement to redirect the swift course of events away from its rapidly inevitable conclusion, the swimmer simply cannot reconcile the moment with the fact that he or she is dying. And so, they slip away from the floating world above, never quite comprehending why. It is a feeling Ben could sympathize with. Okay, so that was really wordy. But what was it saying well one way it could be taken as a tell and not that lengthy show was to say it this way Ben was confused now this example is kind of extreme and it was taken from one of my own pieces of writing and it was an exercise in the show don't tell technique I could have easily just have said Ben was confused But the story of the swimmers, in my humble opinion, paints a much more vivid picture and gives the state of confusion an emotional depth and nuance that the simple statement just can't convey. Here's a simpler example of the same principle. His hands trembled and the carefully stacked containers of food fell to the floor with a muted clatter and a squishy thump. Or he was so nervous that he dropped the food. Now, this example, while significantly shorter, demonstrates the same technique of showing the reader that the character is nervous through his actions rather than simply telling his emotional state. Now, <laughs> this doesn't mean you should never just tell your reader something about your characters. Sometimes you'll want to do it for a dramatic effect or parallelism, uh, foreshadowing, or a host of other reasons. However, all of the instances depend on the context surrounding the particular story entry and you have to make the decision for yourself based on the rhythm and style of your own writing. Just remember though, generally speaking, it is always better to let your reader deduce what is happening rather than be provided with a laundry list of events and emotions. Okay, so that's the gist of what and why. Now, let's talk about some tips on how to better incorporate the show-don't-tell technique into your own writing. (music) Tips and tricks. Here are my five tips for showing and not telling in your writing. Tip number five, utilize vivid descriptions, but don't overuse them. Be careful with going too far in your descriptors. <laughs> My first example, the swimmer's passage, probably goes too far for most people, but it was also constructed as an exercise in how far I could push the technique before breaking it completely. Generally speaking, though, you don't want your description to be so long or so esoteric that you risk losing the reader's interest always strive for a balance in the length of your prose tip number four use the setting to set the emotional tone the setting can be a powerful tool in setting an emotional tone for a scene or a story and should never be ignored if you provide a setting with i don't know uh... spooky descriptions and creepy language the reader will infer that characters with, within that scene will be on edge or fearful unless explicitly told otherwise for example instead of saying the traveling party stood in the spooky woods at night try saying the traveling party found themselves surrounded by a deep thick wood The moonlight, unable to penetrate the dense canopy, cast small shifting shadows on the ground that moved and skittered in the breeze like living things. Tip number three Use character dialogue to express emotion. The last three tips deal with using characters to express their emotional states rather than simply, well, stating them. In everyday life, people rarely start a conversation with, I'm so angry instead they might start with I can't believe what that idiot did well you know when you hear that person they're obviously angry but they didn't have to explicitly tell you you want to accomplish the same in your writing so it feels more real and immersive to the reader so instead of saying how dare you compare our circumstances your wife left you mine was taken from me Ian said angrily try how dare you compare our circumstances your wife left you mine was taken from me Ian snarled though the examples are really close together the second example doesn't actually use the word angry or angrily anywhere in it it says that he snarled this particular statement and you can tell by the words he chose that he was likely upset but it didn't explicitly tell you let the reader make that connection based on the information you've provided Tip number two, use character action to express emotion. Bluntly stating the action of a character always slows down the narrative. Any rhythm, pacing, or momentum that your story had will vanish if you begin to list out events and actions like a police report. So instead of saying something like, James walked to his front door. He opened it and saw no one standing outside. He looked around and saw a van parked on the street. He looked at it suspiciously, then closed his door. Try to evoke the mood through the, story, the character's actions. For example, slowly James made his way to his front door, ducking ever so slightly that his head wouldn't be seen in the small windows above the peephole. He unlocked the door, carefully pulling it open a few inches to glance outside. He saw no one standing or walking nearby but he did notice a van parked across the street. The van had no markings or logos and its windows were all tinted a deep impenetrable black. The hair on the back of James's neck stood up and a stone of disquiet settled low in his belly as he slowly closed the door. Here were presenting the same actions in the same sequence of events but we're taking the time to actually describe what's happening rather than simply listing each action one after the other the slower approach and the descriptions allow the reader to experience the same thing James is experiencing we don't have to put a name to it because we all know what some of those feelings are we've all approached that front door trying not to be seen by whoever it is on the other side because we don't want company or we don't want to deal with who's on the other side of that door So walk your reader through the same events with the character and they'll feel the same as a character does. Tip number one, use character body language to express emotion. This tip, while last is certainly not least, a character's nonverbal cues are excellent vehicles for conveying a character's emotional state. Think about it. When your friend enters the room, her face pulled into a huge toothy grin while she hops in place makes you deduce that she is likely excited about something. She didn't have to tell you this with her words. Her body language did the speaking for her. Strive to let your characters do the same, and I guarantee you will be rewarded. Instead of saying something like, Toya sat down frustrated, you could write something that says, Toya sat down in a slump, her shoulders curled forward, her head lowered in her hands. We never mention the word frustrated in that example, but her posture, her body language tells you that something is amiss. She could be frustrated or sad or depressed, and you would follow that up with more of the scene, whether that's dialogue or just further context. But the point is we are showing you through her body language and her posture that she's feeling this particular emotion rather than simply saying she's frustrated. So, we've talked about it, we've explored examples, and now we have a handful of tips and tricks at our disposal. Now, let's put our pens where our words are and put what we've learned into practice. Here is your bi-weekly wordsmith challenge. In 500 words or less, write a scene where someone makes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. In your writing, be sure to show and not tell how the sandwich is made. Once you've written your piece, you can email it to aslewisbooks at gmail.com. The best pieces will be highlighted in the next episode. And if you don't want to share your work, that's okay too. The important thing is that you're writing and trying something new. That's how writing gets better. Even if you hate what you wrote, I promise you the practice will pay off. If you've enjoyed the show and would like to hear more, please click subscribe so you never miss an episode. Keep writing and remember, everything's all right.